20 years ago on Monday past, the 13th of September 2001, I was getting ready for family and friends who were coming to visit and to share in what would be a very significant day for me, the day I was to be ordained and inducted into my first charge as a Church of Scotland minister and my life as I knew it would change. But two days prior to that, the day and date was Tuesday, 11th September 2001, a date that thereafter would be referred to as 9-11, a date when so many lives around the world would be changed. Some anniversaries are ones of joy and celebration, while others, especially the anniversaries of tragedy, are particularly difficult. And each of us knows this, because no matter how many years pass, each of us still feel the loss deep in our spirit when the date of the death of a loved one comes around every year. And I, for one, cannot imagine the pain if that death was part of such a global tragedy. So every year, as the anniversary of my ordination and induction comes around, I have mixed feelings. There is joy, but there is also a sense of sadness, because I also remember that there was another event that happened which touched and shaped my ministry, as I vividly remember not only the images we had seen beamed into our homes, but also I recall the fear, the anger, the shock and the chaos that shrouded the world. The tears shed for lives lost, for families ripped apart, for people injured and that were still missing. In the 20 years that have elapsed since 9-11, so much has changed and paradoxically so much has remained the same as we continue to grapple with the same question. Why do some people in this world hate so much that they're willing to kill thousands of innocent men, women and children and indeed themselves in the process? Many answers have been given to that question, some simple, some complex, but none of them proves satisfactory, for none of them can heal the wounds inflicted by such events. Only God has the power to do that. And one of the ways that he has chosen to do it is through his church. Earlier, we heard the story of Jesus on the road to Emmaus, where he meets people who are struggling with loss, he walks and listens, he asks questions, he sets their life story within the story of the Christ who had suffered to bring people back to God and so gives meaning to their lives not only at that point in time but for all eternity. His words burn within them as they realise the truth of what he is saying and finally he reveals his identity at a supper table. This is a model for how the church is to reach out into a hurting world, to hurting people. The Emmaus Road is an invitation to us to be a church of ordinary people, people who don't pretend, who don't shy away from the difficult, a people who serve, who walk alongside those who struggle within our communities. The church is asked not to be afraid to speak a word from God that they have discovered in their life together. Words of love, acceptance, respect, forgiveness, reconciliation, healing, to offer it humbly to others with an authority born out of faith. 
The church is asked to be a place of servanthood and hospitality where the stranger and those who are hurting find a home and Christ turns up by surprise. Our son has a friend called Stuart who worked at Disney World in Florida for a year and when they are trained they are given a list of things they should and shouldn't do. One key, key rule for those who dress up as characters is that they must stay completely true to their character at all times. Treating guests and other employees with respect and kindness is of course at the top of the list, whether you are in a character, someone in charge of a ride, behind a counter, sweeping the streets, working behind the scenes. In fact, if you are anyone in Disney's Magic Kingdom, you are told that that is more important than anything else. And that the ultimate no-no is leaving a guest without assistance. In the training process, they are told that what puts the magic in the Magic Kingdom is that when they are in the kingdom, they serve, they treat everyone equally, and they treat everyone with respect. It doesn't matter what your job is or who you are, you are there to serve others. When somebody walks through the gates of the kingdom, you have to treat every encounter with them as if they were your own personal friend and guest. If they need directions, then you escort them. If they ask a question, and even if you have heard it hundreds of times before, you have to answer it like you've never heard it before. What puts the magic in Disney Magic Kingdom is serving. It's just one of those kingdoms where if you don't want to serve, you're not really going to want to be in that kingdom. Jesus came down to earth and he said, Okay now, watch my life, listen to my words, because now the kingdom of God is coming to earth. What's up there is coming down here, and what makes my kingdom different is serving. Because the Son of Man did not come to be served, he came to serve. My kingdom is not one in which you live where it's all about status and climbing ladders and getting attention. I didn't come for any of that stuff. I came not to pursue that kind of life, but to serve. Now you can be a part of my kingdom if you want to, but I have to tell you the bottom line is it's all about serving. And if you don't want to embrace the idea of being a servant, then you won't really see what my kingdom is all about. To serve someone is to treat them as someone of worth, someone worthy of being loved. To serve someone in Christ's kingdom is to come alongside them and to treat them the way you would want to be treated. To serve someone is to offer words of comfort and hope. To serve someone is to give them a place to belong. To serve in my kingdom, says Christ, is to be true to my example as you show acceptance and respect. 20 years ago, I can remember clearly the weight of the hands on my head and shoulders as the assembled presbytery laid hands on me, ordaining me to the ministry of word and sacrament. And I wondered if I would be able to bear not only that physical weight, but the weight of ministry threatening to bow me down before I had even started. 
I began my ministry, a ministry of servanthood, the very next day by leading a service of prayer, silence and reflection as people looked for somewhere to gather to try and find some kind of peace, make some kind of sense of things, to pray and be prayed for. By the Sunday, 16th September, I wasn't preached into my new charge as many ministers are, but rather I led the service myself as we tried to come to grips with all that had unfolded that week. Over the years since my ordination, I have met with the people of Christ's church as we have gathered to worship. I have broken bread in homes. I have sat round tables and shared meals. I have had daily contact of one form or another. I have sat with those who were dying. I have responded to calls in the middle of the night as people have declared they couldn't go on. I have sat with and held those whose lives have been falling apart. I have celebrated births and marriages and anniversaries. I have shared the story of our faith with children from nursery age to S6, in assemblies, in classrooms, in youth groups and in messy church. And over the years, I have spoken on specific subjects to different year groups and different community groups. I've shared the story of our faith with the older members of communities in sheltered housing complexes and care homes. I have sat on various committees for presbytery, taken on the care of other churches, and for 19 years I have held a position in the National Church, which has meant when I am called on, it has required a lot of discernment and confidentiality. I have prayed for those I have known who were in need of God's hand upon them. I have prayed for those whom I know nothing of their circumstances as I have prayed for each person on our membership role. In recent times, it's been 18 months of reading government and church regulations, cancelling things, changing things at short notice, reading up on virology, epidemiology, meetings via Zoom and Teams, a steep digital learning curve about recording, editing, ho up, hoping that uploads to Facebook and YouTube and the phone line will be successful. These and so many other things I have done as part of my ministry. But, and here is the important thing, I have not done them alone. Because ministry in the church isn't just about the one, it's about all God's people who gather together. So in many of these things, others have come alongside me, taking on roles, offering support, giving advice, using their gifts and skills in areas where I lack them. There have been those who have been exercising their own ministry in music and song, in hospitality and care, in technology, organisation and administration. Those who welcome, offer support, arrange flowers, share their ideas, step in to support other ministries. There have been those who have noticed and cautioned when I have been tired, or have noticed when I haven't scheduled in breaks. There have been those who have prayed for me, reminded me that sometimes things have to be put aside because I have a family too who need me. 
There have been those who have stepped in to do something I wasn't able to do. Those who have volunteered when I've asked for help for events. Those who have walked with me when I have personally suffered loss. Who have listened and asked questions. Who have reminded me that my story sits within the bigger story of Christ and who have shared that special meal with me around the Lord's table. And of course, on a very personal level, there has been my family who have been the greatest support in fulfilling my call to ministry of word and sacrament, giving me constant care, love and encouragement. And there has been God who called me. And it's because of all of that that I have been able to bear the weight of ministry that 20 years ago I was so uncertain that I would be able to do. For all these things, and for all who have been part of this ministry, I give thanks. And I pray that our ministry as God's people in this community continues under the power of God to his glory and to the increase of his kingdom for many years to come.